everybody, and welcome to episode 40, 40 of the Resilient Leaders podcast, where we believe resilience in leadership is not simply a good idea, it's required. I'm your host, J.R. Briggs, and as we're in the fall now, we're grasping more and more that the new reality is not an interruption, but instead is a disruption and an accelerator. And as we've said on this podcast from the very beginning, we are not going back to normal. This is not a new normal. This is a new reality. And have you noticed over the past few months how people are using the phrase, the new normal, less and less? Yep. Because we're all realizing that this is a new reality. William Gibson offered this enduring insight. He said, the future is here. It's just unevenly distributed. Resilient leaders realize this and proactively seek out where it is distributed unevenly and then lean in that direction. Well, today we're going to be looking at crisis leadership, crisis leadership, not how do you lead into a crisis, but how do you lead people out and through a crisis or maybe even a series of crises? Now, what's a crisis? Very simply, it's when an event or an issue become, begins to unravel, it begins to unravel order and threatens the flourishing of a person, organization, community, nation, or world. Let me say that again. A crisis is an event or an issue that begins to unravel order and threatens the flourishing of a person, organization, community, nation, or world. Even though this pandemic is an accelerator, Chris Martinson stated very wisely that it would be a mistake for us to think of the next 20 years as a linear, albeit accelerated version of the previous 20 years. Yes, it's an accelerator, but it's not a linear accelerator. And we've got to keep that in mind because crises are going to continue to happen. Now, we talk about 2020 as the pandemic, but we may want to think about 2020 as the year of crises. This year has been an unrelenting series of rolling crises for us globally, nationally, and even personally. The virus, the financial issues, the racial injustice that's been brought to light, the natural disasters, the division and polarization. It's ongoing, like we've been hit with a wave after wave after wave in the ocean without any stopping. And it can feel like we're being pounded. Now, before I get into that, I want to be clear. You can't prevent all crises. <laughs> if we could, we would stop them all, wouldn't we? But what we can do is we can be prepared for them. That's why we talked in one of the first episodes, that the great quote from Mike, Twice, Mike Tyson, Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. That's why preparation is more important than planning. We can be prepared for crises. Not all of them. No one saw a pandemic coming. So what can we be doing now to prepare for the next crisis or series of crises that may hit? We don't prepare out of fear, but we prepare out of wisdom and out of being strategic as a leader. We can't just hunker down as a leader and say, well, let's just hope this crisis goes away and it all works out. That's not good leadership. Archilochus, the Greek poet from the 7th century BC, said, we don't rise to the level of our expectations. We default to the level of our training. Let me say that again. Archilochus said, we don't rise to the level of our expectations. We default to the level of our training, which means we need to be trained and equipped for crises as leaders. Why? Because that's the whole point of being a resilient leader. Now, I'm very grateful for Ed Stetzer and Josh Laxton at the Billy Graham Center at Wheaton College, who've created resources for faith-oriented leaders 
on crisis leadership. And I want to touch on that today because it's so important. They have helped me with this framework. Now, there are seven different types of crises that can occur. Number one, economic crises. Number two, informational crisis. Number three, destruction of property crisis. Four, human resources crisis, as in like unemployment, losing a job. Five, reputational crisis. Six, health crisis. And number seven, a cultural crisis. Now, if you're thinking as I'm going through those seven, yep, in 2020, we just about hit all seven of those. Well, you're not wrong. (laughs) According to Tim Johnson in his book, Crisis Leadership, How to Lead in Times of Crisis, Threat, and Uncertainty, there are two types of crises. There's incident crises and issue crises. Incident crises are like tornadoes, he says, and issue crises are like hurricanes. Now, we've had a lot of both in 2020, these rolling crises throughout. So we're managing a lot more than one at a time, which can be exhausting. All the more reason why this is important that we look at this here in this episode. Now, Josh Laxton, he wrote an article in Christianity Today recently about a threefold framework leaders must have and must assume in crises. And this was so helpful for me, which is why I want to share it. He said, the threefold framework is this. All leaders must think about the basement, the workroom, and the laboratory. There are three parts of our brain as a leader when it comes to crisis, and we need to learn to know when to go to the basement, when to go to the workroom, when to go to the laboratory. In the basement, he said that in the case of tornadoes, experts say that one of the best places to seek shelter is in a basement. While I've lived through plenty of tornado warnings, I've been fortunate to never have to have one hit my home, Josh says. However, I've seen plenty of pictures and images from friends and news stations of the damage these tornadoes caused. Seeking shelter from the storm, uh, from the force of a hurricane is very similar. However, If meteorologists are predicting a more powerful hurricane, such as a Category 4 or 5, many people wisely choose to seek shelter more inland. In other words, they leave their home and their area altogether. And after the storms hit, people emerge from their basements or their bathrooms or their parents' house in Georgia where they fled to assume the damage. After assessing the damage, they get to work cleaning up the debris and fixing the damage. Now, basements are what protect you. They protect yourself, your family, your organization, church, nonprofit, your team, etc. But once the crises, the, the main destruction, we've protected ourselves. We come out of the basement and go, what he says, into the workroom. What do we do in the workroom? Well, first, we need to remember our training or remember our preparation. Leadership in the calm, he says, determines your leadership in the crisis. In other words, if you're leading rightly, when everything is going well, you and your organization know your mission, your core values, and your vision, and your structure, then you have the tools to deal with this crisis, even if it isn't one that you've planned for or known was coming. But also, we use time in the workroom to recenter ourselves, to go inward, to reflect, to say, what's going on in me? What am I learning? What do I need to unlearn? Some of the things that we've talked about here on this podcast. When a crisis hits, remember, humans instinctively enter into survival mode, the basement, right? Where they emotionally either want to fight, flight, or freeze. But good crisis leaders emerge from the basement and go into the workroom where they will begin the process of putting things back together or eliminating future threats to the organization by reminding their brain of their training and recentering their bodies to be calm and cool and collected and to think clearly. 
And then, after going from the basement to the workroom, leaders then go to the laboratory. The laboratory is where we do a lot of creative thinking and planning and execution, where all that takes place to reorder what the crisis uh, has put into chaos, or it eliminates or lessens the threat of a, that the crisis could pose to the flourishing of our organization. Knowing the rooms of your brain to go to when a crisis hits allows you to lead more effectively and more resiliently. The basement is where you protect yourself. The workroom is where you where you process putting things back together again. And the laboratory, once we know our vision and mission and values and structure and strategy, allows us to think about how do we be resilient? What changes need to be made? What do we need to keep? What do we need to experiment and try out? Maybe even pivot. But you also have to take care of yourself. Leaders, you can't be resilient if you're not healthy. You must take care of yourself, especially in a crisis. This is not selfish. This is wise. I'm going to put the two articles by Ed Stetzer and Josh Laxton that I referenced in this episode. I'm going to put them in the show notes. I highly recommend that you check them out. Additionally, the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center's, uh, they've offered a course. It's called a Massive open online course. It's called a MOOC. Maybe you've heard of a MOOC before. And it's called Crisis Leadership from a Christian Perspective. It's a great online course, uh, just a few weeks long. I'm going to put the link in the show notes if you're interested. But I hope this has been helpful for you. Thanks for listening. I'm deeply grateful for my friend Joel Limbowen, who produces this podcast. And his company, On a Limb Production, does great video and podcast work. Check out the show notes for more information. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning and help lead others through crisis. That's what resilient leaders do.